This show is brought to you by Female Alliance Media, by women, for women. Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness, when in fact, it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Well, hello and welcome back to the Say It Out Loud podcast. You got me, Christine D, and I have a lovely guest. We've already been laughing and crying, so who knows where this is going to go today. Uh, but I have Vicki McKinnon in the kitchen studio with me around Sunshine Island, and we are going to talk about some of the stuff that's gone on in Vicky's life, because there's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. So... Um, but first, I would love for Vicky to be able to just tell us a little bit about her and why she chose to come and share parts of her story. Okay, so my name is Vicky, and I am, I'm just going to go straight for it. Yeah, go. I am a brain tumor survivor and newly diagnosed multiple sclerosis patient. <laughs> yep, that's a lot. That is a lot. So now, um, what else about Vicky? Because there's a lot of great things to love about Vicky. Um, I am a wife. I am a mom of two beautiful girls. Um, I don't really know what I have a... Uh-oh. You... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, for those of you who can't tell, we just... The power went out. <laughs> So good thing we're recording on a separate device. Because, wow. Yeah. I kind of thought that we got cut off. <laughs> I was like, and restart. <laughs> so we might lose power again. So we might be talking in the dark, but that's okay. But you know what? It's all good. We're still here. We're around sunshine. We're still here. Sunshine Island. That's, we're good. Right? We're good. We're good. We're good. So no, but I was going to say you're somebody with a great sense of humor. I was just, yeah. I was just talking about you earlier today in my story saying that you know, no matter what has gone on in your life, and I'm sure sometimes you have to dig really deep, but you seem to be able to find the good a lot. And that's so incredibly helpful mm-hmm. when you're going through so much in the world. Well, I mean, you could you could sit in that dark spot for a long time. Um, and I've heard it before from other podcasts. Nobody's going to come and rescue you. Nobody's going to come and get you. Nobody's going to push you. Um, in fact, they'll just walk by and be like, hey, and they'll keep walking. Um, so I just, my driver is my kids mm. and my husband, obviously, but my kids, uh, I'm their role model. So if I just sit there and dwell on the woe is me, uh, life ends, mm. life ends, right? So I pick up my big girl panties and I uh, keep walking. That a girl. Yeah, I keep walking. That a girl. So you obviously have a lot to say, and I don't just mean because you talk a lot, <laughs> but you you are a little like get along. That's, that's right because we both talk a lot. Um, but you know, you the first thing you mentioned is that you're a brain tumor survivor. Mm-hmm. So so talk us talk us through that. When when were you? When did you find out that you had a brain tumor, and um, and what has been the impact of that on you? In your world so it all started like 
shortly before the pandemic. So I want to say like 2019, maybe even like 2018. Um, We were actually in the middle of a massive home reno. And I remember waking up that morning and I had a massive headache. And I'm, I've never gotten, like, I've never had migraines. I've always been a weather impact type of headache. Um, and it hurt so bad I couldn't even put my head on the pillow. Um, and I was working as a PSW at the time. And I remember going downstairs and I told our contractor, I think you're going to have to go home because putting baseboards in today is not great. <laughs> um, my head hurts. I just don't feel well. And I have to go into work. And he was like, yep, not a problem. Um, So I remember calling my husband and saying, like, I'm going to be going into work. I'm I'm just, I don't feel well. And he was like, yep, not a problem. Let me know. And I was working in Guelph at the time. I got about halfway through my shift. And by that point, I was holding rails to keep myself vertical. Um... I called my husband at the end of my shift and I said, like, I want you to stay on the phone with me because I like I I just don't feel good. And he was like, OK, yeah. And I was telling him exactly how I was coming home and whatnot. Headache led to a three month bout of what I thought was vertigo. So I did anything from acupuncture, medication, um, like name it I was trying to get rid of vertigo my mom suffers from vertigo mm. so she was like you know once you get on those medications it should go away like just it just wasn't letting up the room I just felt like a drunk or the hangover that just would not subside it was awful um so I went to my doctor finally like and I was just like I've had it like my head actually hurts there's headaches that cause like a dull a dull ache, right? It's uncomfortable. You can kind of push through it. Again, I don't suffer from migraines, so I'm not speaking at that level. But um, like I just, I was in pain. And so she sent me for an MRI. And three days before Christmas, I found out I had a brain tumor. Wow. So she called me and she's like, I want you to come into the office. I have some news for you. And I knew right away, my heart just sank. And I, I I honestly thought I had cancer at this point. Like you're, you just go to the worst, right? Anything above that that's not as bad is great. It's a bonus. So she sat me down and she's like, I'm not even going to beat around the bush, Vicky. Like I, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is what you got. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to pretend I do. But this is what you got. We sat there on Google. We looked at some pictures. We looked at my own MRI. I didn't know what I was looking at. I'm not a doctor. And she was like, are you like, are you okay? Like, I, can I do anything to help you in the meantime? Because we obviously have to start this, you know, the, um, referral and whatnot. And if you live in Ontario, you know how that goes. <laughs> <clears throat> it does take a long it time. It takes a long time. Now, granted, I was very fortunate. This all happened prior to the pandemic. So I, I was lucky-ish. Um, and I said, no, like, that's great. That's, you know, I have an answer. At least I know what's going on. And I left the office and she probably (laughs) wondered, she's not okay. I didn't cry. I think it was like that shock. 100%. Like shock. So I sat in the car and my husband was like texting me, like, what's going on? What's going on? What are the results? What are the results? And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to do some groceries and I'm going to head home and then we'll talk about it. And he was (laughs) like, oh, Okay. (laughs) 
I was in the middle of Zare's bawling my eyes out because it finally hit me. Holy shit. I have something growing in my head and it's, and we don't even know what this is. Like we just don't know what it is. So this acoustic neuroma, it grows like, well, for me, it was on my left side and it kind of impacts your uh, vestibular nerve. So my tumor was like wrapped around this nerve. Um, Some people, it can affect their hearing. Uh, They can have like tendonitis, Mm. like constant ringing in the ear. I had no symptoms, no other symptoms other than this really bad headache. Mm. That's it. So I got referred to a specialist in Hamilton. Uh, I will not disclose said name. Uh, I was there from the moment I walked into his office till the time I left, seven minutes. He didn't tell me what I had. He looked at me and said, I've got people who live till about 90 years old with what you have. I have no intention of doing anything for you. You're just going to have to live with it. I left there in absolute like I was crying. I was so upset. I was literally thrown this diagnosis and nobody had yet really explained to me what it was I was going through. So that was a hard no. <laughs> I won't be dealing with that guy yeah, again. Really. I went back to my doctor and I said I I would recommend that you never send anybody. <laughs> He's just, he's got really bad bedside manner. And she says, I just want you to be mindful that doctors are not supposed to be your friend. They are the specialist. And I was like, okay, I'll keep an open mind, but don't, I'm not going back there. Um, <laughs> so she did some research and I ended up in London. Um, Dr. Hebb. He sat me down, both me and my husband, and he explained to us everything about this tumor. Everything. And he looked me square in the face and he said, if I was you, we'd be taking this out tomorrow. Wow. It's got to go. You're too young. You have a very young family. You have a whole life ahead of you. It's got to go. And this is the time to do it. You're healthy, Mm -hmm. right? We're Mm -hmm. not going to do this when you're 90. We're going to do it now when you're in your prime, right? (laughs) Prime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I felt good. And... So I was like, okay, great. Let's let's get it going, right? So in the meantime, I was on this medication. Um, you can only take Tylenol. Um, and I Tylenol doesn't really work for me, right? Uh, you can't take an ibuprofen because it's a blood thinner. Um, and at any point, I could have been called for surgery. So you can't be on that. Well, the pain started getting worse again. Um, headaches were nonstop. Um, fatigue started kicking in. Now, I don't know if a lot of this is just, pardon the pun, all in your head, Hmm. but I was going through like a bottle of Tylenol a month. Wow. And I didn't realize it was getting that bad. So when I went to my doctor and I said, like, I think I need something stronger than just over-the-counter meds. And she was like, not a problem. We'll send you to a pain specialist. (laughs) That was a horrible experience. Um... Because he essentially told me I was um, addicted to pain meds. Um, I don't take medication. I'm the first one to say, don't put me on anything because I'm not going to do it. Um, And he compared me to an addict that gets revived and then overdoses again in the bathroom at the ER. And 
I left there in a fit of rage. Um, but the medication that he did put me on did provide some relief. And very shortly thereafter, I was called for surgery. So that was great. Um, I think I was bumped two or three times before I actually got into surgery. And while that is frustrating, I kind of looked at it as obviously somebody has got a way worse than I do mm. right now. So count my blessings and waited my turn. But April 3rd, 2019, um, that was my day. Wow. That was my day. Wow. It was the most, I remember laying there the night before and <laughs> it was kind of like, that excitement before your wedding day, it was like, oh my God, this is happening. Oh my God, oh my God, all this prep, all this whatever. And it wasn't until we pulled up into the parking garage at London University, it's when it hit. Like, oh my God, <laughs> this is this is really happening. Like, I'm about to have brain surgery. They're going to be in my head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> literally. They're going to see, like, where I think. <laughs> like, um... And I could, it was a very, very silent drive up. And I think both of us were, it was the unknown. Mm. Like we're literally treading water. We have obviously never done. Um, it was scary. Um, so I did my final MRI. They put these cute little like Cheerio stickers all over your head. And it's just to kind of mark everywhere where they're going to be and what they need to do. And um, the staff are amazing at London University. They're just absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, they came in. We did our pre-everything surgery and saw the surgeon, which was nice because you get to see them before. Like, hey. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I never, we don't say goodbyes because, yeah, we don't. I'm coming back. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, rolled off. And I remember um, they move you from your bed to this <laughs> board. Not a bed. It's a board. It's very tiny. And I remember the room being so cold. Um, and I looked over at the nurses. They were unpacking everything, getting everything ready. And I looked over to the anest anesthesiologist. And he was sitting in the middle. And I just started to cry. Hmm. And the nurse put her hand on my, like, on my arm as she's getting me ready. And she was like, you're in good hands. You're going to be okay. And I was like, shit just got real. <laughs> and that was the last thing I said. They put this mask on my face. And I don't know about anybody else who's ever been in surgery, but you're like, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. It's my last hurrah before they knock my ass out. I'm going to fight this. I don't even think I got to one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Takes you out fast. It was like, peace out. Um, and then nine, nine, eight, nine hours later. Wow. Eight or nine hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the intricacies of the brain would really have you moving slowly and carefully. Yeah, because it's not only a neurosurgeon, it's also an ear, nose, and throat specialist. So before I went into the surgery, there's um, conversation about where they're going to go in from, how they're going to do this, you know, side effects and whatnot. So Dr. Hebb was saying, like, we're going to go in behind your ear. Um, and we go right through the eardrum 
we take we like drill right through the eardrum and then that gives us right the opening right to the tumor and I was like okay cool and he's like so but some of the side effects obviously the one of the side effects is you're going to be completely deaf on that side one side eardrum's gone (laughs) there's no coming back okay cool I can live with one one ear right people live with neither um not a problem let's let's do that uh I didn't realize that you know oh some facial paralysis may come into that so I do have some nerve damage um as you can see (laughs) Uh, she's pointing to her eye Um, so I do have nerve damage on my left side. I have a crooked smile. I own it sometimes. Um, but this is who I am, right? Like the alternative could have been a lot worse. So when I did come out of surgery, I had very much a drooped face. Uh, when my husband came to see me in ICU, um, or in the recovery area, uh, my eyeballs were like spinning, and as, as soon as they made me open my eyes, like to acknowledge, yes, I'm awake, I threw up because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm here and everything. Yeah. So that's the worst. It was the worst. My husband's like, I never seen people's eyeballs do that. And I was like, I didn't see it, but I, I was there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're experiencing it from a completely different angle. It was, oh yeah, it was awful. Wow, so crazy. Yeah. So, so like, so (laughs) I have so many questions. So first of all, when you leave the hospital, so the surgery is long, clearly intensive, like Mm -hmm. this is very intricate detailing going on in there. Um, now you leave, you go home, like do you, sorry, do you stay at the hospital for recovery? So I was there for three days. I wanted to get the hell out of there, oh, right? Just like having a baby. Actually, that's right? a, maybe one day longer than having a baby nowadays. So my husband and my mother-in-law and my kids came up. It was the first time they saw me after that. Droopy face, swollen, everything. Um, that evening, they had just gotten home. I probably around seven. And I called my husband and I'm like, they're going to let me go home. Can you come back and get me? And he's like, What? three days and I was like yeah like I'm ready to, let's go like come and get me and he's like <laughs> okay so he comes back to London and picks me up so here's what I think happened between him leaving and him coming back I sneezed and I heard this massive pop and I didn't put anything to it I'm deaf like <laughs> this is all new to me like I got legit a hole in the side of my head um like I don't know what now was probably hindsight 2020 what caused my CSF leak what is that it's a cranial leak um oh how do you say that it's it's like a clear fluid and it's essentially like fluid on the brain and if it doesn't had I not gone back for readmission there was a really good chance it would have got infected and I would have ended up with meningitis whoa yes so it's like it's really serious so I remember on the drive home um you could feel like it was like damp but it wasn't leaking um, I was probably home a couple days and then it started like, you can see it draining from the incision. So he called the hospital and he's like, so like, 
what do you think about like what should we do and they're like yeah she probably come back so they put a stitch and we got about halfway home again and I was like oh, it's it's still leaking and he was like Vic like we need to go back and at this point I had had enough like I had spent the whole time in a merge I was just like I really I just want to go home and you don't realize how heavy your head is until you cannot hold it upright anymore like I was just exhausted mm. So we went home and he called the hospital and he said, it's still leaking. And so I had to go back. I saw the ENT specialist and they had me put my head in between my knees. Like I was feeling good. Like I was fine. I had my walker at home. Like I was walking. I was independent. Like it was great. Um, so I'm sitting there in the office. He's like, hey, go ahead. Put your head between your knees. If we can redirect the fluid, like either through your nose or through your mouth, we can correct this. I'm sitting there with my head between my knees and he's looking at my husband and he's shaking his head. No. Oh, damn. No, she's going to be staying. So I got readmitted. You want to see a full grown woman throw the biggest temper <laughs> tantrum? They had to move me to another room. That's how bad I was. I was livid, livid that I was going back to the hospital. Like, well, I was in the hospital, but that I was being readmitted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I had to wait for my bed. I went upstairs back to the neurology unit. And I mean, and staff's looking at you like, did you not? What? What's? Why are you back? And I was like well got this fun thing called a leak so they put like it's kind of like the way they describe it is it's kind of like a spinal tap but it's kind of like an epidural and I was like well I don't want either one of those well you're gonna get it so I thought I had time I got my bed I'm laying there I finally get myself chilled and I thought well they're not gonna get to me till tomorrow so I'll be able to have a good night's rest and then dull attack famous me. last words I'm guessing <laughs> Like an hour, like maybe an hour, if that. Nurse is at my door and she's like, hey, they're ready for you. So they wheel me down to, it's um, like an, a big x-ray bed. And I don't know all these fancy words or whatever. So yeah. I'm laying on this bed on my stomach and all they keep telling you is don't move. So what they're doing is they're putting the needle right in your spine so essentially what they're doing is they're redirecting the fluid from my brain down my spine and out. So they were doing this, what I believe is so many mills every hour on the hour. So they would raise my bed all the way up to the top and then it would drain. And then they put my bed all the way back down to where I was all the hours of the night, every hour on the hour. I was there a week. And then, yeah, finally, they said it, we're going to take the tap out. And as long as nothing starts up again, you can go home. And I got to go home. Wow. Like, yeah. I'm, like, almost on the edge of my seat over here. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. It, it is just absolutely crazy. What technology and, like, it's all stuff that I, I didn't think was ever going to happen. Yeah. It was never even, we never had this conversation about it. It, it just, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I came on the other side of it and I'm good. 
I am so I'm just like, I'm almost speechless over here because I'm like, I'm just like my whole body can feel the moments of you going through that. So Vicky's just showing me, is this a picture or a video? This is a picture. So it just, it, it literally just looks like a little tube that goes into your spine. Wow. And then this little, I call it a nurse on a stick. She's very quiet. <laughs> Um, but she sucks the life right out of you. Literally. Um, and yeah, and then they filled this bag by the end of the week. So they just took it out. They don't, they don't put something back in. No. So it's, so like as soon as it was probably about the third hour, you can actually feel the pressure coming off my brain. So it's almost like inflammation. Yeah. Uh, yeah I would imagine so that by the time like I'm just trying to like mm-hmm. maybe that's not the correct term maybe that's not exactly yeah. what it is but like I would imagine that would add pressure because you're uh, like so wh- I always had the pressure after surgery because like there's there's swelling right my face was quite swollen and as things are healing the swelling goes down right so that fullness for lack of better words was always there and then I guess with the fluid being there, it just never subsided. So just, it must be this new, right? And I'm on pain meds at this point. Like, so as things are progressing, it wasn't until like every hour I'm changing tea towels off my shoulder. Like I have <laughs> pictures of, you know, sitting there because it, it's just constantly leaking. So yeah, like I remember at one point looking at the nurse and going, oh my God, I feel so good. Like, I don't have a headache anymore. It was like instant relief, instant relief. And I couldn't wait to go home. I just, I could not wait to go home. Now, I suffered PTSD really bad, really bad. Um, I was at home and I remember waking up out of a dead sleep. I could not breathe. My chest felt heavy and like it was cooler. So my, I would wake my husband up. We were both sleeping on the couch because I couldn't sleep horizontally. I had to kind of stay upright. And I remember telling my husband, like, I can't breathe. Like I can't breathe. And he would be like, well, what, what do you want me to do? And I would like open up the door, open up the door. And what we now know was post-traumatic stress disorder. Huh. And it was my nurse practitioner who took my staf- 21 staples and one stitch out um during that appointment I had an attack and she was like I know what's going on and we're going to address that I need to get this out of your head first and she sat me down and she said I know what you're going through you've been through a lot you've been poked and prodded at multiple times and we're going to help you so she put me on a medication and she said we're doing this for three months we're going to re stabilize everything that's going on upstairs and after three months I handed over my medication and I said we're done Hmm. and I've been fortunate knock on wood I have not had to go back on that medication but I definitely know now when people say I know what a panic attack is I know what that anxious feeling is I've been there Wow. This mm-hmm. is, it's such an intense thing. And like, so how old were you when you discovered you had a brain tumor? So I had the surgery four years ago and it was about two years prior to that. So it was two years of like back and forth, back and forth. Well, back it took two forth. years for you to get the specialist. Yeah. Oh. No, to get that surgery. I mean, that, that's what, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause I kept getting bumped and bumped and bumped. 
poor that poor receptionist every time she would call she'd be like are you sitting down I'd be like oh my god are you kidding me like and I remember getting so angry with her on the phone and I would call her back and be like I am so sorry and she'd be like you know what like I get it I get it you are waiting just as much as the next guy but and it was her that told me just look at it from a perspective of you've got it pretty good then that person does not right now and that's Hmm. You yeah. rolled with it. So like basically you find out you have a brain tumor and you're in your early 40s. I'm just clarifying that yeah. because our listeners can't see you, right? Yeah. Well, maybe they've watched the reel that I've made up from the little <laughs> footage I'm taking right now. But other than that, they really aren't seeing a lot of you yeah. as they're listening. So I just want it. I just want them to sort of paint a picture, right? You've got young kids at home. Mm-hmm. You're you know, in your early 40s. And I'm just curious. I'm sure uh, maybe you asked this question, but is it very common for women in their early 40s to get a brain tumor? Like, uh, I really don't know. Like the way that the specialist, the neurologist told me, because like, it's just literally bad luck. You've hmm. probably had this all your life. Most, most definitely you've had this all your life. Just one day it just gets angry and flares. And that's where all this started. Wow. Yeah. So like at that time, because I didn't know you then. So we sort of like connected through social media yeah. at some point along the ride. So like was probably, well, through the pandemic, we were connected, right? So yep. it must have been like right after your surgery then-ish that you were started following along, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess. Mm-hmm. So like that's how we were introduced. So I obviously, I don't know you terribly well personally. I just yeah. we've been connected through Instagram, which is really kind of cool that it here we are cool. sitting here yeah. you know talking after like it's cool because when you when you um you know are following or you know people online and then you actually get a chance to sit down and talk with them it's it's almost surreal right it's it's so neat to make that in-person connection like there are a lot of mm-hmm. negative things about social media but there are some really cool and great things about social yeah. media yeah and this is one of them that we get to do this um so I, where was I going with that? I was going to go somewhere with that is that, well, here you are, you're, you're in your young early forties. I'm going to guess this doesn't happen a lot to young forties because if the first doctor in Hamilton was like, oh yeah, I have patients that have this until they're 80. Like, you know, there's a good chance that this is not a very common thing. I, I'm going to say no. I've only, like I just did my second brain tumor walk. Um, was it last weekend, the weekend before that? Um, and there's only one other local that I know who has the same, that we had the same surgery. Now, my last place of employment, ironically, one of the, the girl that was training me for my job, her daughter had it as well. Wow. So, I mean, while it doesn't seem, well, it's like when you buy a car, right? You don't realize everybody has your car until you drive one. It's true. Right? Yeah. So it isn't until you speak with people. Because, I mean, nobody can see my scar, mm-hmm. right? Unless my hair is up and I turn my head and you can see it. People might question, like, oh, well, what happened there? Right? Same like people don't know I'm deaf. So, I mean, you can sit beside me and have a full-blown conversation on my left side. And I'll just turn around and be like, you talking to me? <laughs> Because I, I, dude, I can't hear you, right? Yeah. I mean, I have to put little signs at my desk saying deaf on left. <laughs> and people think I'm being funny. And I'm just like, dude, it's, 
she don't work. Like, she's out of service. Like, but I love that you have such a great sense of humor. I think this is where I was going to go is like, was this always, this must have always been in you, this more jolly side, this look on the bright side sort of personality or characteristics about you. Because, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's, I mean, I can't even imagine. You've, you've described to us, like, literally my body feels almost paralyzed with the energy that I'm feeling as a result of you telling your story about what you went through. And, uh, because I'm like, oh my God, like I can't even fathom it. I can't even imagine it. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go through that and have to recover from that and then and then the PTSD and then like it probably just felt like, especially from the time that you were diagnosed to the time that you were finally in a position of feeling relatively healed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was probably a pretty... It's a long stretch. It It's a lot of... I mean, don't get me wrong. There are moments where I'm just like, this freaking sucks, right? Why me? Why, why can't I just hear from both ears, right? Um, and I think, like, in those moments where it's just like, hmm, you know, like a little temper tantrum, and then I think, well, what, it, what the hell is that going to do for you? Mm. What, what is that going to do for you? Because there's always somebody else who's got it worse, right? And that's kind of how I look at it is it, it's not that I, you know, wish worse on other people but it's somebody is battling a much bigger fire than you are right now and you know what and there some people hide it just as well Mm. right there's people on their deathbeds and they're still smiling right to the last moment right again like there are people who look up to you and there are people who i don't like they might think you know oh today like my arm hurts and it's the end of the world and then you, you can be that positive light where it's like, oh, I just had something pulled out of my brain. <laughs> it's not that bad, you know? And they're like, oh, that's great, right? You yeah, know? but it is all relative. It is all relative. And so I want to bring that up too, because like, I mean, clearly you're somebody who chooses to look on the bright side. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you know that, yes, of course, there's always somebody in the world that has something worse, uh, worse yeah. off, right? There, that's always a reality. It's always. But it doesn't dismiss the fact that you were going through something really mm-hmm. heavy, really big, emotional, physical, like stressful, like all of these things. I mean, you had to have had many moments and probably many extended moments during that time Mm -hmm. where you were in a pool of tears. And I remember, um, and this is, this is the hard part. Um, it's okay. Take your time. I remember before surgery, there was conversation of a DNR. Because all I kept thinking was, if I come out of this unwell, my family has to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my husband, I just want to sign it. I don't want to impose. And he kept saying, don't worry about it. We'll make that decision should we have to cross that bridge, but we won't. Again, Mr. Optimistic. Um, And thank God he is. Um, But it was that moment where I almost gave up. Mm. I was almost throwing in the towel. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Because I don't know what the outcome's going to be. The outcome was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was pretty awesome. It really was and and continues to be. 
Yeah, until last year. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's almost, I don't understand how some of us get a, a harder hand to deal with. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and sure, again, there are other people out there that maybe have it worse. But the reality mm-hmm. is you've now come through and recovered from this brain tumor and surgery and PTSD as a result of. And then within a couple of years. <laughs> um, I was experiencing some numbness in my legs. <laughs> uh I, I sit often with my feet up on the coffee table crossed, right? Yeah. Very ladylike. Um, and I, re- I just remember I kept switching and switching more than normal. I didn't think anything of it. Just, uh, oh, she's got thick thighs and less blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Things aren't flowing. Um, and then it dawned on me, th- this is not right. Like, the whole inside of my, like, between my knees to my, like, groin area, like, the inner thighs was, like, numb like a freezing. Like, you know, when you go to a dentist's oh, office? yeah. Like, that numb. You can feel it, but it's, it feels weird. Um, and then I went to the doctor after I started experiencing numbness in my arms. So she sent me for an x-ray thinking, okay, this has got maybe just a pinch nerve. Not a big deal, you know. People get pinched nerves all the time. That came back normal. Went for my MRI, because I do those yearly to mm-hmm. check, and I will do that until the day that I die. And they went just a slight smidgen further down on my neck than what they typically do. Now, I had this done in Cambridge, because London and COVID. And that's when they saw some... Uh, white marks in my MRI lesions is what they call them so my doctor called me I was at work again good lord and she said <laughs> oh um my god. Oh, thank you. are you at work and I was like yeah I am and I'm gonna guess with you calling me it's not good news and she says um I'm afraid not I uh I'm pretty sure you have MS. And I was like, oh, pretty sure. What? (laughs) And she's like, "Um, your x-ray came back normal, um, but your MRI came back with some lesions. Um, Now, obviously, until you are seen by a specialist, we can't make a diagnosis, but that's typically what it is. And I was like, okay. Had an absolute breakdown, another temper tantrum at work, and thank God for supportive colleagues. Um, I went, I, I'm pretty sure I went home or I stayed. I, I can't remember. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I went home. And I had to break this news to my husband and my kids and my mom. Because I didn't torment them enough. <laughs> We're going to go another, you know, another ring around the rosy here. Um, So my husband came home um, and I I told him and, you know, he was very calm and said, okay, like there's no sense getting worked up yet. It sucks. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But we don't know. We don't know this. Mm. Let's hope for medical error here because we just don't know. Right. And that's kind of how I was like, you know what? That's the reality. I don't know. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. So why am I getting worked up? Carried on and got a referral uh, to a new specialist. Uh, and it was kind of my way to get, the, get my foot in the door, right? I'll take a chance on anybody at this point. I'll go to the vet at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wait lists are so long, right? Yeah. And they did a bunch of testing. And it wasn't until the, the appointment just kept getting longer and longer and I was just like I, we should have been done by now right hmm. and he came in after the student kind of did her thing and as soon as he walked in the room I looked at him right in the eye and I and he says I'm so sorry it's the worst thing a doctor could say when they walk into a room I'm sorry no I I get it they're sorry <laughs> and I just broke down and I remember telling my husband this is so unfair Mm. this is so unfair like when will this end mm. how much more can you throw at me mm-hmm. so we drove back home from London and he you know how are we going to tell the kids and and out of all of this I, I wasn't even concerned for me what about my kids mm. is this hereditary is this, what's their life going to be like? And I wasn't even focused on me. Hmm. What is this going to be like for my family? But now I just live one day at a time because there's no sense dwelling on it because it'll happen when it happens. So I do my treatments. I go for infusion treatments. I go for one on the 25th um, of this month. So you start with two. Uh, you do a day zero and then you go back on day 14. So it's essentially like they split the dose in, in two. So you do half, half, see how you tolerate it. And this will be my very first full dose. So they put a nice little needle in your hand and I got another nurse on a stick beside me. (laughs) Um, and usually I get knocked out because of the medication they give you. Um, but yeah, I'm there for about five hours and I'm treated like a, a queen. The nurses there are amazing. Um, and I'm amongst people like me, mm. which mm-hmm. is nice. Yeah. We're all there. It's unspoken, but we're all fighting a battle nobody knows about. Wow. Yeah. We're part of a community we don't want to be part of. <laughs> Yeah. But we support each other. But it's it's just kind of nice to be in the trench with other people who are going through the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like like you say, even if it's unspoken, you're still there together. Yeah. You know, when you look over and you're like, she's having a bad day. I don't need to point it out to her. I don't need to tell her, man, you look like shit. She knows she looks like shit. I know she feels like shit. Why? Because I feel like shit, too. Mm. But we're here, we're in the same room, and we still laugh and we smile. Why? Because we've all been there. Mm. Right? Yeah. Wow. So I love that, (laughs) I mean, man, we've all been through challenges, but Mm -hmm. this is some heavy icing on your cake. (laughs) Yeah, it's like fondant. Yeah. really really thick fondant Mm -hmm. yeah so what I mean and if you don't want to go down this road we don't have to but I was gonna say like what is the like what does this look like like traditionally what are they what have they what have they prepared you for what is 
they haven't really prepared me for anything. And I, and I say that because one, I'm, I'm fairly young and we've caught this very early. Um, so he was very confident in saying, we're going to get you on treatment. And he was, he was very optimistic. Like he, he says like my patients, I could tell you that person there has MS and you wouldn't know it. Why? Because they do what I ask them to do. They mm. eat healthy, they exercise, they have a good attitude. Now, if you're going to sit there and you're going to have a pity party for yourself, you're going to go downhill really fast. Mm. And if you don't eat properly and, and <laughs> hello, do I look like I eat fruits and veggies all the time? <laughs> no, man, I love my good glass of wine, but <laughs> I did cut back on my wine because he said it's, I'm supposed to, but you take things, you take a little bit out of your basket and you put a little bit back in your basket, right? Yeah. Like I still have to live a happy, fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. I do have days where it's like, okay, I'm, I, I have a bit of a flare going on and I have to listen to my body and say, okay, I can't do this. So between the head, I have really bad balance because I don't have a vestibular nerve on that side. I have one vestibular nerve on my right and that does my whole balance. Wow. It's amazing what the body can do, isn't it? Right? Wow. Yeah. So there, there are things where if I do too rapidly, because I forget like, hey, you're a little deformed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. Um, it, it, there's that quick moment where it's like, oh, <laughs> slow it down a little bit. Or, you know, you can't go and clean an entire basement on your own and move things. And because your body will tell you the next day, <laughs> you suck. You couldn't do that, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so one day at a time, I listen, have to listen to my body and trust that those who are in my support team medically have my back. Mm -hmm. Well, and you seem to me like somebody who's like, you know, she's a go-getter. She does all the things for everyone. She helps to support everybody else. And it's probably very hard for you to ask mm -hmm. for help sometimes. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm horrible at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not very good. Yeah. But I mean, that's okay because it's a practice. <laughs> it is. And I think it's part of it is if I ask for help, I'm showing weakness and I, part of me, it, and it sounds stupid. I'm falling like the disease wins. Hmm. What does the doctor say? Like, like if, if you were to like overexert yourself, does he say that's for you or against you? He would probably say like, that's against right. you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just listen to your body and not right. do that? He'd be like, well, cause it has to get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he'd be like, yeah. tis, tis, like learn your lesson. Right. Well, it, I, it's interesting because funny enough, we were just talking about the episode that I did with Fran Garten. Yeah. Right. And, right. And how we were talking about how she talks about, she's a paid management coach mm -hmm. and she's talking about, um, you know, like she says it out loud in the podcast, like for all you women out there that are out there doing all the things all the time, stop it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I know that, and I, I talk with the women in my groups about this, right? Like this is a, this is a people pleasing control mechanism. Like it's all the things to bring us safety and security, right? Like that's why we yes. do it. Right. We know that there's so much knowledge out there. This is why we do that. I think right? it's pride. There's pride too with that. Yeah. Like if, if I can't do it, I got to, swallow my pride yeah it's hard well it's almost like I imagine in a way too you know 
bringing in a different perspective. It's almost like, you know, when people go from their house when they're aging and they have to sell their house and get mm-hmm. into a, a, a residence where someone is there to take care of them, like how that transition would be really, really hard to, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm definitely not sitting here saying like, girl, just put the shit down and enjoy yourself. Well, I really would love for you to do that. <laughs> there are times where I wish I would. <laughs> But I don't. Right. But I wonder too, like, it's also a practice. It is. Right. It's totally a practice. And I think that like, you know, again, like you're so great with mindset. You're so great with putting the, you know, um, putting the good energy back in because you know that without it, it's going to be really hard to keep moving forward. And so, you know, by practicing saying no to the things that you really want to do just because you know that you want to physically do them and get them done. Yeah. You know, like that whole, like Fran talked about, like the whole delegation, get other people to do some of the things because they can do them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And there are things like that the family will say like, Hey, let's go do this or let's go do that. And I'll be like, no, no, because I probably cannot do that. Right. Like, um, like my kids really want to go to like Canada's Wonderland and that type of stuff. And I'd be like, I love roller coasters. I probably should not be on one. I can't walk a straight line on a good day. You want me to walk a straight line after I get off that? Like I'm toast. Like, no, there are just some things where it's just like reality says that's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why would you do that to yourself? I will watch you from a distance, but like, and I have no concept of, noise direction none like so much so I was at a friend's place oh my god I can't even believe I'm saying this and we were what they live out in the country in the bush and they were like let's go on the trail and I was like yeah let's go we were going for a nice walk and I'm like wow like those airplanes are really flying low and she's like Vicky that's a truck on the road and I was like (laughs) what she's like you really have no concept of no Wow. I have no idea where noise is coming from. Wow. That's incredible. It must be Mm -hmm. such a, such a, it's almost like a disorganization, right? It's like, I I look like like a a confused person all the time. (laughs) Like when people, like at work, I sit at my cubicle and people are like, hi, Vicky. And I'll be like, (laughs) and they'll like be standing like over there. But I like, are you over there? It's like a 50, 50 shot with me all the time. Like, they're to the left. No, right. <laughs> like, I just look confused all the time. All the time. But my husband will always walk on my left side all the time because I can't hear if people come at me from the left. Um, so he's kind of like my my ear. Um, white noise is very strong. Hmm. very strong so if I like I don't go out to eat I don't hang out in restaurants um and it's not because I don't love it I do but I get so overstimulated from the noise and trying so hard like I will look at people and they're probably thinking are you like dissecting me no man I'm trying to read your lips and I have no idea what you're saying (laughs) it's too loud in here in retrospect, it's really not. It's just the white noise, the music, the people talking, the chairs moving, like all that stuff is the first thing I hear. And all I see is your lips moving. And, pe- and I'm like, <laughs> like I look dumbfounded all the time. So I just avoid those type of environments. 
um, or I'll say like, hey, just as an FYI, it's probably a really loud place. Yeah, I ain't going. Yeah, yeah. So I you know going. your limits and you know your I boundaries. I do know my that's, limits. That's good. And I'm sure it took a little figuring that out, right? Because it's yeah. you wouldn't know that until you do it. And then you're like, whoa, <laughs> sensory overload here. And because I'm deaf on the left, um, like when I go through drive through people must think like, she's an idiot. <laughs> she's an idiot. I've repeated myself three times. Yeah, on my left side. So like I'm the person whose head's like a dog hanging out the window <laughs> So I can turn my head, so I can hear you on the right. Like, and I mean, I, I giggle about it, but if people must look at it and be like, what the hell's going on up there? Like, a, I mean, kind of funny though. Kind of have fun with people. I, you yeah. almost need to like back into the drive through <laughs> instead of going forward to be like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Just going to try something new from the passenger side. Yeah. I should get myself a vehicle like the European vehicles. I should drive from on the right. Mm. I should. Totally. Totally. You should move to Britain. I should That's do Britain. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I don't like roundabouts, but okay. Oh, I know. They're everywhere there. <laughs> that would be another problem for you. Yeah. Well, I just want to say like you are such an inspiration and, you know, having having met you through social, I mean, I never would have known that you no. had been through such horrific challenges, really, quite frankly. They're they're not challenges everybody goes through. And no. I just, I find you so inspiring because I, I want to say, you know, it's okay to have bad days. It's mm-hmm. okay to cry your face off. It's okay to think, woe is me. And I think that what you're saying and what I agree with is, you know, you can have bad moments because that's being a human being. Mm-hmm. You can't always be up. And if you're always up, you're faking it, right? Like, oh, yeah. Posit- like, like, toxic positivity is a real thing right so but I love that you that you honor that in yourself and that you have a good sense of humor about where you're at and that you keep going forward because you know hey I'm gonna make the best of this day yeah yeah you know most of us need a kick in our ass because most people are sitting with their thumb up their butt trying to just get to the next day and it's like chop chop like this is it you only got one shot at this right like you've been given you have been given a couple of different scenarios that remind you, you know? Yeah. Like la- what was it last year? Last year I got my appendix out. Like it was just like, Oh my God. One thing after another. They're going to know you in every hospital in the area. They're gonna- I have no more. Don't ever like kidnap me for organs. I got none to give. And you know, the expression, I need that like a hole in my head. Got the t-shirt for that too. Like I just, I don't have anything left to give. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Have you ever thought about becoming a stand-up comedian? I think you would do really well with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I. What's the other thing I, I tell my husband all the time? Like I only heard half the story because <laughs> I, I didn't hear the whole thing. I only heard half of it. I love it. Yeah. Now you have to have a good sense of humor. I mean, like you said, there's going to be days. Uh, you know, you just kind of like, hmm, this really sucks. Um, you just can't get lost in that because you can. You could get you could get really trapped in that negativity, and that's a really heavy bag to unload. Mm-hmm. But if you don't put as much in that bag and you keep remembering to empty it, um, yeah, it's a it's an easy bag to carry. But um, yeah, I. I I think I did pretty good. You did really good. I think I did pretty good. You did really good. 
Well, I want to thank you for coming and chatting with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. And sharing me. your story with our listeners. And um, if people wanted to follow or keep up with you anywhere is there anywhere that they can follow uh I'm on social media but I am a private account so um but I I do follow a lot of people I do support a lot of uh locals um I just I'm here to share my story yeah but uh, and, and other than that I'm not I'm not really not an interested in having them yeah. find you okay yeah no so <laughs> Vicky's going back underground after this <laughs> It's funny, I often forget to ask the question, so how can people find you? And then after, I'm like, damn it. So I'm like, no, no, I, I knew your account was private, but I'm like, I'm going to ask you You anyway never know. You never know. Because if I forget again, people are going to be like, Christine, you never asked that question. Because like, I get so caught up in the conversation. It's like details, shmee tales. You know, I can always add those in later. Yeah. I'll share my story, but I don't want no followers. <laughs> Well, I have to say for, for somebody who is in connection with you, like through Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram, like I love the stories that you share on the regular and little reminders about, you know, being alive yeah. and, and you know, that, that we need to let go of the stuff that's not important and focus on what's right in front of us, right? Live that one day at a time, live for today. Yeah. You know, I think we miss that. We're, we're always this idea, especially in North America, we're always like, okay, what's my next goal? Okay. I achieved it. Boom. Okay. What's the next one? Like we don't take time to celebrate and, Mm-hmm. And, and sit and literally smell the roses, right? Like taking yeah. time every day to enjoy the day and find joy in the good in the day, which is what I just, I've loved and been so inspired about you this whole time. And then when I found out how all of this was going <laughs> down for you, I was like, wow, she's, she's really... making this up. She's like, is she that bored? She needs no, to post up. No, I was like, you really need to come and tell your story because, yeah. you know, um, so many people need to hear that we're not here forever. No, no. And I tell you, it's been, uh, I've been warned about it a few times. Uh, hey, <laughs> uh, enjoy what you have. Yeah. Enjoy your hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and I, I remind my kids all the time, life is short. Life's not fair, but life is short. Live the best life you can. You only have one shot at it. You're doing a great job, Mama. Ah, thank you. You're such a great influence for your kids, and they're they're watching you now. You know this. They're yeah. watching you. Yeah. And uh, and they're gonna have many amazing memories of their awesome mom forever. So, um, so thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. And listeners, thanks for being here. And I know sometimes these stories are hard to hear, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I think if we have so much to learn from Vicky, but really, when it all boils down to it, is just living for today. Because yeah. that's what that, we're not guaranteed anything, and we aren't. We aren't. So soak it up, soak it up, people. Go soak it up. So that having said, we're gonna we're gonna cut this short. We're gonna see what kind of fun video footage I get for our little reel later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, we'll see you the next time. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the follow button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you liked this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show, ask me about group or one-on-one joy and mindset coaching, learn more about the Joy Project community, or consider hiring me for your next speaking engagement, please visit itsmechristined.ca. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.